0: Hello, world. Welcome to another week of Golf Subpar. Colt knows Drew Stoltz coming off the first major championship of the year. And what a week it was, sleazy. Colin Morikawa, your newest major champion.
1: What an absolute beast. And first, let me say, Colt, I'm only good at three things, okay? Making bugs and drinking (laughs) trannies. Okay,
0: I'm not Nick Faldo.
1: I got this. You get it? Did that go over your head? I I had to give a little homage to Phil in the booth there when that just went... We'll get to Straight that. Straight over Nick. We will
0: get to Phil and his broadcasting debut, but let's get talk about Colin Morikawa. What a beast. We've talked about him for a long time. I mean, it's a, he's a star in the making. It ain't even in the
1: making anymore. No, right? it's, the star is made. Yeah.
0: The kid was absolutely unflappable. Final round 64 to win by two, where it was a tournament coming down the stretch. At one point there were seven people tied for the lead i thought we were gonna have the largest playoff in major championship history at one i was
1: point. At, i was dying for it I, I there was the leaderboard was scrolling on the first page they couldn't even fit all the names on the on the the guys that were tied for the lead mm-hmm. on the first page i was like please god give us like a six-way playoff going back to 16 because it's the aggregate it's the three-hole aggregate it would have been unbelievable but dude Colin morikawa i mean we all t- we talk about his ball striking all the time he finally for the first time ever hits a bad iron shot on the 14th i was like oh my god he's human maybe he's getting nervous what's he do he walks up there and pitches it in takes the lead, and then that driver on, fifth was it uh 16. 16, just, I mean, shot of his life, shot of the championship, obviously, and, of course, he rolls it right in the middle from that point on. It was incredible to see him do that. What a performance, 65-64, but I was a little bit sad because, like, as soon as he made that eagle, I was like, he ain't messing up. This thing's yeah. done. We went from seven guys with a chance to, like, this thing's over.
0: Yeah, and I, I actually go back to even just the start of the round on the first hole where so many guys in the last few groups were making birdies. It's, it was one of the easiest holes on the golf course. It was only 390 yards. Guys were driving it down there a mile and flipping it onto the green. He missed the green from the middle of the fairway and made a 25-footer for par that I thought just totally settled him down, gave him some confidence with his putting. If he makes bogey there, I honestly think the tournament goes a totally different way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've played in tournaments where I got off to a rough start. I almost thought, like, sometimes when I saved par on the first, if my nerves are going and I'm feeling all that, a par save on the first where I get up and down, especially making a putt of that length, like, almost calms you down a little bit. We're like, okay, dude, I took the first hit. Let's calm this thing down and from that point on i mean god dude watching him golf it looks so easy watching him play but he's an absolute monster yeah that first hole gets overlooked a little bit but that you're absolutely right if he drops one there everyone else is making birdies he can
0: start chasing quick for sure but i was out early in the day doing some coverage i was on that back nine and i told everybody when i finished i said this back nine is set up for a very exciting finish they had a lot of very somewhat easy hole locations if you put the ball in the fairway And I really thought someone could go low, and I just I love what they did on sixteen, moving the tee up. It makes for an exciting finish. And look, the best player won last week. I mean, there was no one that played better. He led the he led the field in fairways, led the fairway, led the field in proximity to the hole, and led the field in putting. So uh, I hit it straighter than you. I hit it closer than you. And, a putter and then I make than more than you do. That's why he has the trophy at the end of the week. It was just an awesome performance. Congratulations to Colin Morikawa.
1: Yeah. And if he's going to go ahead and start, like we always talk about where's the one weakness of Colin Morikawa. If anything, it's the putter. If he's going to go ahead and start leading events and strokes gained putting, you can just go ahead and start canceling some of these things going forward because he hits it too good to, to roll it like that too. And when he does, that's what you get.
0: I, I agree. I mean, he is putting the world on notice. And I think they're – no offense to michael thompson i think the world might actually really notice this, this one, one is this guy <laughs> actually is a
1: factor week in week <laughs> out i think the world absolutely recognized that but dude how about you man first week in a major television all that got to walk with some big time groups give us the give us the rundown
0: yeah my first time actually doing on course commentary was walking um, with the groups for espn first day had justin rose jordan spieth dustin johnson right in front of tiger woods um just an awesome experience i had such a blast I really feel like I found my comfort zone in broadcasting, being out there, being actually on the ground, kind of being able to, you know, assess situations, talk like a player a little bit, and throw some little humor in there every once yeah, in a while. Dude, but it was, it was a blast. I learned so much, and I hope to do a lot more of it in the future.
1: Yeah, that's what the golf like broadcasting world is missing right now. You hear all these networks talking about they want to get younger, they want to have more fun. I mean, here you go. You come in. I think you're coming in at the perfect time. I know there's some nerves going on early on, but I think you did a great job, and like I, I think you're absolutely coming into this thing in the right spot with the changing of the guard here coming up soon. Any mess-ups, any weird where you're like, oh, shit, shouldn't have said that?
0: Uh, actually, I don't really think I did. The the calling shots that were on tape delay were, was a little difficult, but for the most part, I didn't say anything too stupid, I don't think.
1: That's good. I can't even get through a podcast without doing it, so get through actual live television.
0: Props. I'm trying to remember. I try to forget the bad ones. Yeah,
1: short memory. But it was,
0: it was a blast. I can't thank ESPN and CBS Sports enough for the opportunity, but... You had quite a weekend as well. You worked seven days last week. I feel like I need to retire. <laughs> I'm done, dude. I felt the
1: first full work week of my life and I'm done. I don't know how people do it. But yeah, dude, I had a blast. You were out there at Calling TV. So obviously I was uh I was doing the live coverage on Sirius X and brought in an old name, a very familiar voice on the network. We brought in Gary McCord for Thursday, Friday. We had three hours a day with him. Dude, you know him well, obviously. I mean, fuck, it's so fun with him. Like the stories we get into. There were times where we would go like 30 minutes, 40 minutes through like one or two breaks. And I'd be like, we were just telling stories and just having fun. And I was like, should we, like, there is a major going there's on. A, Maybe we say, should get to major, that a little yeah. bit right now. But Gary came on right off the jump and he was watching the coverage on ESPN Plus And he was like kind of calling the shots. He's like, oh, Phil Mickelson, look at this lie. This is not a good, like, and after like one break, I was like, dude, you know, people can't see what you're talking about. Like, this isn't television. And he's like, oh yeah, my, like, he was kind of just went back into television old habits, mode. Old habits. Yeah. But we had a blast, dude, an absolute a uh, really good time with Gary McCord. Hopefully we can get him back for a little bit more. We'll get him back in the studio, too, and give a little rundown at
0: some point. I, I love it. It was a lot of fun. But once again, congratulations to Colin Morikawa, your 2020 PGA champion. But now it's time to open up the mailbag. Y'all been sending in a lot of great questions, and producer Marcus picked out a few for this week's episode. Yeah, I got a couple questions for you guys this week. The first one's a two-part question. Brett on Twitter wants
2: to know, now that Colt is dabbling in some ESPN reporting, will he and Michael Collins become best friends? And the second part is, if that happens, Sleaze, will you become jealous?
1: Oh, okay. Sounds like a Colt question here. I'll let you fire off on that.
0: Let's just start off, Sleaze. You have no reason to be jealous. I'm never leaving you. Good. Thank God. You're always there. That's that's comforting. You know, I think this is kind of like, you know, maybe Michael Collins ought to get a little nervous. Like, they're bringing in the younger, better looking guy Mm. maybe to push you out, Mr. Collins. So... Be very, very careful out with
1: the old calf in with the young bull or reverse that out with the old (laughs) bull in with the young
2: calf. I'm not an animal
1: guy. Something along those lines.
0: Yeah. So the calf comes before the bull.
1: Yeah. I drank, I just crushed a red bull right before we came (laughs) on. I'm really fired up right now. (laughs) That was great.
2: All right. All right. Cool. Uh, next question. And this is again for Colt as a pro, would you rather make the cut and finish at or near dead last or get the two extra days of rest, uh, from the event?
0: See, I think that's it depends on which pro you're asking. For me, like money's good. So making the cuts the cuts great. If you're one of the best players in the world and you know you probably can't win, especially like at a tournament like the PJ Championship, you probably be just like, nah get me out of here. I'll go rest up and get ready for next week. But at the same time, you can always learn something during a competitive round of golf. I I think. I mean, when you're say you're, you know, a superstar, you know, number one player in the world. Say you're Web Simpson, you're not having your best week at the PGA championship and you make the cut on the number, you go out there and you just freewheel it yeah. and trust everything you've been working on and hopefully find something for the next week.
1: Yeah, I would always say play the and I've got a lot of experience with both finishing last and missing mm. cuts, so I... but. You're right. Like when a guy just greases his way in on the number, it's like two free days. Yeah. You can't go backwards. No matter what, you're gonna make some money. And if you do find something, it gives you two more competitive days to try some things out, and maybe something clicks, and you take that on to the next week.
0: Yeah, and the way the money is now, I mean, like making the cut at the PGA and finishing the last was twenty grand. Yeah, so. I'll take a twenty spot real yeah. quick, just to go, instead of okay, going so back to my Okay, so totally hometown. make the cut. Yes. Good questions, though. I like them. Keep them coming. Now, it's please. It's time to get our to our special guest of the week, Golf Channel analyst and reporter Aaron Oberholzer. Love this guy. He is a blast to talk to. Very well spoken. All these TV guys are very well spoken. You, you you'll come back, well you'll spoken come back. You'll come back
1: pretty TV? soon, and you'll start using like four syllable words nah. and things like that. But yeah, well researched, and also a guy doesn't get it. We'll talk about this in the interview. Doesn't get enough respect for how good he was as a player, especially coming out of college, early pro. If it weren't for injuries, I mean, this guy could have had a you know a much different career than we were looking. I still had a good career, but injuries kind of took him out of the game premature.
0: Yeah, grew up playing a lot of golf against Tiger Woods. Played at San Jose State. When Tiger Woods was at Stanford, they were the one and two players in the country, had a lot of battles with him, but man, it was a pleasure to talk to and gives us some great insight into what it was like going against the best player that's ever played the game.
1: Yeah, there's very few people that have this kind of insight, but like playing against Tiger Woods before he was the hello world Tiger Woods, before all that.
0: And how he became the info commercial king.
1: And how he became the man behind the greatest wedge ever designed in (laughs) golf, which (laughs) we will definitely talk about.
0: All right, well, let's get to it. Here's Aaron Oberholzer on Golf
1: Subpar. All right, boys and girls, we are joined in studio now by PJ PGA Tour winner, Golf Channel analyst, and the spokesman for the revolutionary <laughs> XE1 wedge, Mr. Aaron Oberholzer.
2: Good to be with you. That's right. I, that's I knew you were going to get me right off the top of that. that, that I can't believe you don't have the hat on or that's it. It's very disappointing. No, I'm yeah. helping my straight down guys out oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: I got to tell you, though, before we get into all the other stuff we're going to get into, I've been doing some research on this wedge, and I'm about to buy the shit out of this club because <laughs> according to the website, it says you get better – immediately and without practice and i was like where the hell was this thing when I, that was pretty much my motto if you could practice. find 13
0: other more clubs you might make a comeback <laughs> exactly i was like why are
2: you guys stopping at wedge bro the, the the magic bullet we've got it for you for sure
0: i need a whole set of
1: these bitches because my <laughs> game could use it
0: i love it well obviously the legend at san jose state oh well, absolutely maybe no. behind ken by Venturi. The way, i don't think people realized how good of a player you were you and tiger i mean obviously went head to head many and many a times and in college, ninety six. You had six titles. He had six titles, and then he kind of ran away in the in, in, yeah, in the postseason, he, which he tends to do. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but in college, obviously, I mean, you're you're pretty close to each other. San Jose State and Stanford. Twenty minutes. Did y'all play a lot against each other in the same tournaments and everything? Uh,
2: yeah, we did. Um, well, I'd have to say more so my uh, junior year, his sophomore year. Uh, we did my freshman year. Or his my sophomore year, his freshman year, we didn't play as much together. We I think the first time we played together because Stanford was so good. They were they were coming off a national championship in 1994. Then they get the same team back minus Brad Lanning, uh, who is now assistant coach for Casey Martin at at Oregon, um, and they had Tiger Woods. Mm. So you tell me a good wow, swap. what a trade. A good it, well, swap. hey, no offense to Brad. Yeah. Brad was a solid player, but you got Tiger Woods. So um, so it was like. Even at San Jose State, we're sitting here going, and we didn't return, we returned me and another senior, and that was it, we lost the, uh, the core of our lineup really, um, our two, three, and four guy. I was the five guy my freshman year. So we weren't going anywhere, but we were thinking, sitting there going, Stanford is a juggernaut. But then there's this little school called Oklahoma State, and I think you know them really well. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. Um, and they had something to say about that come Scarlett uh, uh, in 1995 where they were, that, that is a legendary story of, of as far as college golf. But as far as Tiger's concerned, we played together our first time at um, the uh, New Mexico course, you mm-hmm. know, University of New Mexico. And it, I wasn't nervous so much. I said, I knew what he'd done. I knew who he was. I knew how good he was. Um, but I wanted to show him what I could do. And, uh, little did I know that, that the whole team got food poisoning the night before the final round of regionals in 1995,
3: How convenient. <laughs> mm, <interesting. laughs> the entire team got the entire Stanford strange coincidence. team. Yeah.
2: So, and so I, I walk onto the first tee and he is sitting there and he doesn't look so good, uh, and, you know, shake his hand da, 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 da. and as the round goes on, he's looking a little bit more peaked, and he's not doing all that great. Anyway, he ends up shooting seventy-two, even par, around that place in '95, which I thought was a pretty good score considering the fact that he had food poisoning the night before. And um, I ended up shooting seventy-one that round, birding the last two holes. And that, unbeknownst to me, because there really you didn't know what was going on, that got me into uh, nationals as an individual. That year, as my team uh, missed out on the that time, they took nine teams, three regions, nine teams they take from each region. Now it's a little different, obviously. Um, but uh, in junior year, we played a lot more together, um, and that was the year that we really, we really kind of. I came in and I won my first three events of the fall season, um, and a couple in fairly emphatic fashion, and then. They really kind of hyped up the fourth event because the fourth event was played at Olympic Club, and it was University of San Francisco's tournament, and all four Bay Area schools were playing together: USF, Cal, Stanford, and San Jose State. Um, no, no offense to Santa Clara or Mar- or St. <laughs> Mary's, but those were the best golf schools at the time in there, and they put we all played in foursomes, and uh, it was me and Tiger, and I think he'd won a couple times, and then I'd. a couple times but they had basically the two best players in the country within 20 minutes of one another um so it it was pretty cool in that regard but i understood it was the first time that i'd ever played with someone in a college event where they literally had marshals carrying yellow ropes across the entire fairway because there were a couple hundred people following our group because of tiger and uh that was unnerving. I'd never experienced that before. And that, that was the first time that I was truly nervous around, around a, a him and, and people watching me very closely mm-hmm. because they were literally, even though they had ropes, they, I mean, they're kind of right on top of you, uh, much like they have you do at, the, at a U.S. amateur mm-hmm. or something like that.
1: Did he have that same like aura and intimidation that he had when he got on the PJ tour Without in college? Like what, other people playing, like, you know, like I know it was before he is who's who he is now, but like, Oh shit, I'm playing with tiger. Like,
2: it was, it was, it was absolutely business. Um, especially final rounds. So th- th- those are the first two rounds. That was a 36 whole day around Olympic club in November. Um, that was a tough walk. Uh, I remember, but when it came to, we both played, we both didn't play well, the, the, the whole tournament. Um, but, when we got to the spring semester and I'd win one, he'd win one, I'd win one, he'd win one. Now it's legit. This is the number and we're separating ourselves from the rest of the, the collegiate golfers. This is clearly the the two best players mm-hmm. in college golf bar none. Um, and we both had the same amount of wins, as you said, as you pointed out Colt, going into nationals. Um, and I'd get these reports, you know, we'd play one with each other. We played at USC's tournament together. We played at, at, um, um never played at, at Pasatiempo together the week of the Western Intercollegiate. He didn't want you around now. He didn't want you didn't want there. You. Yeah. <laughs> you. won that thing. Go ahead and uh, talk about it. <laughs> well, but he whooped me at USC. And to your point, when we got to the final round, I didn't play with him the first two rounds at USC. We just didn't get paired together. But the final round, our teams were playing well, so we were paired together. We were one. We were playing the best for our teams. We step on to the first tee at North Ranch, and that was the first time that I remember getting the, the blank stare. Mm. And we all know the blank stare if we've ever played with Tiger, and we've come up against him when everything's on the line. Doesn't matter whether it's a college tournament or you're playing him in tiddlywinks. He wants to beat you. So I remember going to shake his hand. He's always the last on the tee, as we all know. And we're waiting. God, he's going to miss his tee time. And here he comes. And he walks onto the tee, and he's not looking at you. He's looking through you and as he's shaking your hand like you're not even there and that to me was the first time i had really felt truly physically intimidated by another human being That's... and i had to regather myself really quickly and say okay okay all right i gotta i gotta i gotta got a bit I, I got my business to take care of today i want to win usc's tournament well we do our thing. He ends up clipping me by a couple. I think I end up finishing third. He ends up winning the golf tournament. Um, But I learned a lot that day just playing with
0: him. You you mentioned that stare and I'll never forget this Uh, at the PGA at Bell Reef two years ago. I was out there doing some TV for CBS and stuff and they sent me down Sunday because Gary Woodland was playing well. And they're like, see if you can go get some comments or anything like this. So I'm standing right where the players come from the putting green to the range and Tiger walks by. And I've never played with Tiger, so I haven't got to see that. But I was like, "Good luck, Tiger," and he just gave me the, a stare. And I'm like, "That's the stare yeah. everyone talks about." And yeah. I go back to the compound. I go, "Y'all better get ready because this guy's bringing it today." <laughs> yeah. And he goes out and shoots 64 and yeah. finishes second. But that stare is just legendary, and I'd never seen it up close and personal like that.
2: He, that was the first time. It was. It's. It's. Um. It's actually fairly easy to describe, quite honestly, because it, it's burned into my memory like a couple of the shots that he's hit that I, in college that I played with him. But it's. It's. It's late. It's like a deer in the headlights. It's glazed over. It's. <laughs> it, it's almost half sociopathic. Quite honestly, looking like he's going to murder you. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, he, and and I mean, if uh, if Tiger hears this, he's he's probably like, "Come on, man! It's not. Uh, no, it's that bad. Yeah. It's, it it it. He means one hundred percent complete business when he steps on that first tee with you, especially." final round when he's got a chance to win a golf tournament.
1: Yeah, beyond the physical of what he can do, I think that's yeah. what separates him. Puts in that doubt. elite, elite, outside of golf, just other like Jordan, Kobe. that Without kind it. Of stuff. They want to rip your soul
2: out of your yeah, body. Yeah, they don't want to just beat you. They yeah. want you to feel pain they want when they to beat quit you. quit
1: the game after they exactly get
2: down with right. you. Exactly right. And I got nothing wrong with that. I love that. and it's and Because we all yeah. want that. Yeah, we sure. all want to be that way. And if you don't, then you're in the wrong sport.
1: What's your relationship with him now? Like, you guys obviously had kind of the, I don't want to call it rivalry, but you guys were very, you know, toe-to-toe in there, college a lot. Yeah, are there's you guys, no rivalry. Did, did you guys talk? Yeah, I do not want to call it, like, a rivalry. I don't know if anyone's Tiger's rival. <laughs> no. But, like, are you guys friendly now when you're out there? Do you I, see him and talk to him?
2: Yeah, they're, we're friendly. The last time I think we actually talked face-to-face in person was a couple years ago at the um, – actually, I just posted something on Twitter a few days ago about it um, when he was playing in Memorial, I think. I wanted to say something to the effect that – uh, we were talking on the thir- fourth hole, in the North Torrey North, and I was following his group for Golf Channel, and um, I was, uh, you know, I, I was astounded at his ball speed and his and that he, after his fusion that he'd come back, he was swinging at 128, 129 miles an hour, and his ball speed was up around 180. And I was like, dude, um, the big man's back, and uh, and he's got his he's got all his faculties, and and. You know, so he came up, we kind of chit chatted a little bit and, um, oh, we were talking about Finau. That's what I posted about Finau, how Finau's got the fastest ball speed on tour. DeChambeau can't yeah. touch Finau if, if Finau really wanted mm-hmm. to let it go. Um, and uh, that's when we were talking about that. We were just, you know, chit chatting about, you know, how the kids, family, you know, how's your body? So on and so forth. Just simple stuff. I mean, we're acquaintances. I wouldn't say we're friendly. We're friendly acquaintances. But he's not calling me on the road going, hey, Oberholz, you want to go to dinner? Yeah. You know, he's not doing that.
0: I don't think there's a lot of those people. No, there's in not the a lot of those people. From no. what I understand. No, no. We're I mean, obviously this is about you, but you have a special relationship with Tiger, so it's fun to talk about him. Being one of the top players in college golf, going head to head with Tiger Woods a lot, would you would you say you were surprised at the amount of success Tiger had, or not not at all? Uh I read where you said when he when he won the Masters in 97, you you were quoted as saying something like, uh, OK, I can't I can't well, do that.
2: So, yeah, so exactly right. So when you know, we're all confident. Mm-hmm. I mean, you won a U.S. amateur. How much confidence does that give you? A ton of confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. So you think you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof when you can do that kind of stuff. Well, even if you play against a guy like Tiger, who's won three U.S. Amateurs in a row and you beat him a couple times, it's going to make you feel like, OK, you can do the things that he can do. You can win, too. Well, when, when he won his third U.S. amateur in a row and then he turns pro, does the hello world thing, goes out and you're still in college going into your fall. I'm going into my fall semester of my senior year now and I'm the preseason number one ranked player in the country. And I'm sitting there going, okay, uh, that's a lot, I felt a lot of pressure to, to live up to what he did. Not just what I did the year before, but what he did the year before, which is hard to do. And now I watch him go win Vegas, beat Davis Love, yeah. one of my idols growing up um, in high school, and then go watch him win Disney back to back. And I'm going, you know what, I I, I, can, I I know I can do that. I can do that. I can win on the PGA Tour, I can do that. Then fast forward about four months from then, now, then, and you go into, now he's playing at La Costa at the Tour Championship. I just happened to go down there to watch him. Um, and I'm standing, it was, so, it was so surreal. I'm, a year prior, I'm playing with him, talking to him, and he's just a normal college kid. And now I'm outside the ropes, watching him hit balls with the best players in the world, winners only. And I'm the guy, I'm in the gallery. Mm-hmm. And I can see, we make eye contact. I, he sees me. He kind of gives me that kind of sly stare, wry, half smile, and then goes right back to business and work. But I know he saw me. I know he saw me because he looked right at me and we both kind of give that rye smile and then he goes back to work and doesn't come over and say anything to me, but then he goes off, I think it was a three round tournament because it got washed out and they, him and Layman go into a playoff and he knocks it like that, that famous shot on the par three, knocks it like that and beats Lehman and I'm still going, I can do that. <laughs> and then he goes and does the masters Man. thing and that's when I looked at my roommate and and I said, I said, I, I can't do that. I can't win. The <laughs> no Masters. one can. Yeah, no I one can't. In the world. I can't win the Masters by twelve shots yeah. right now. I can't do that. So did that
1: mess with your psyche at all? Like, uh, here's a guy doing things nobody's ever seen before in I the think, world. The fact that you can't yeah. do that, you wouldn't think would be like a mess up. You know, the I way think, you think
2: about golf. I, I think what 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 Tiger did to all of to me. I can't speak for the rest of our for the rest of our generation of guys who are now in their early to late forties, and the guys that he, we played with in college. Um, it, it pushed me, but knowing my, uh, knowing my personality, it pushed me so hard. It almost pushed me too hard Mm. to do things. I was physically and mentally not capable of doing. And I had to kind of regather. It almost broke me as a player, trying to keep up with what he could do. And I'm not saying that that didn't happen to other players. I'm sure it did. It happened in the gym. Other players broke themselves in the gym trying to keep up with him physically. I tried to keep up with him to a certain extent, not physically, because I knew I couldn't do what he could do physically because I'd watched it. I just had to play my game. But I knew I could be as good as him mentally or thought I could be as good as him mentally. And I knew I could be as good as him strategically, even though we played two kind of different games. I could try to get into the same headspace that he could get into. That was really hard to do, yeah. and it kind of it, it, it messed with me for a while until I could finally calm down and say, okay, you just got to be you, man. You got to quit trying to
0: live up to this. So you turned pro after your senior year, and it took you several oh, years yeah. to get out on the PGA Tour. Yeah, was, Do you think part of that was because of all that? I think to a certain extent.
2: Um, uh, yeah, I think so. I think that uh, that had a little bit to do with it. I, I also had some technical flaws. Um, I had some technical flaws in my golf swing. I had some technical flaws in what I did. I was a very athletic player. I was a very um, target oriented player versus you know, there, you got guys that play in the box uh-huh. and you got guys that play outside the box. I was a complete outside the box player versus like, let's say a Nick Faldo was more of an inside uh-huh. the box player. Let's get all my stuff in order and then, okay, now we can go versus a guy like me. It's like, okay, how am I getting, it's like a Bubba. I, was, I played more like Bubba in college, really? quite honestly. Yeah. I was, I was a shot shaper. I hit it low. I hit it high, moved it around. Um, because you could actually move a golf ball with a, with my mm-hmm. speed back then. Now you can't. Now you can't. Um, so I, I played I played a very fluid game, and I was a, I was a momentum player. Well, I didn't have enough really good technical savvy on the for the PJ Tour to be ready yet, and I needed more seasoning. Um, I knew I had the drive. I knew I had the desire. I knew I had the short game. I knew it was a great putter i knew it was a good, i was really good around the greens but i didn't from t to green i had a long way to go to get yeah, me sure. to where i needed to go
1: i want to go back to 2000 because like you you came out you turned pro you played a, a couple years in canada where you played really well i think you finished second on the order of merit up there but then you go to q school in 2000 you get all the way to finals miss your tour card by one shot which yep. is probably the hardest thing in all of golf to oh, have yeah. to take on as a player what did that do to you Mentally at that point, like, just talk about how hard that is for a guy and how you reacted.
2: It, uh, it was very difficult. Um, it was very difficult for about two hours after that round. I was really, really dejected, uh, especially the way I did it, making double on my 107th out of 108th hole mm-hmm. out of 108 holes to miss by <laughs> one shot. And, uh, uh, I, I was the first, you know, you go through the stages of grief. <laughs> I was angry for a long time. Um, uh, but after the round, two hours, I was furious, furious. And then they, I can't remember when exactly they had me on golf channel to, cause it was televised to, to have an interview because I, of what I did. And I realized that within that two hours, when I was calming myself down, I realized that, Hey, look, before this, I never had any status on any tour other than the Canadian tour. And this is before the Canadian tour, did anything right. got you anywhere the canadian tour did nothing for you um now you have a chance obviously on the canadian tour to get to move yourself up the ranks and so i took it as a positive i just i turned a negative into a positive and i basically said look uh i didn't have anything now i have full basically full corn fairy status and i can go out and do what I need to do, and I'll get my card to the Corn Ferry Tour. that's a
0: professional analyst right there. He refers to it at the cor- as the Corn Ferry Tour, right. even though it was Even wasn't though at the time played. it was not.
2: It was the Buy.com Tour. Yes. It's, it's been a lot of names. Try. It's hard yeah. to keep up with it all is, the names. It is, it is. Do you but like,
1: I want to get your opinion on that. Do you like the fact, because like when all three of us were playing at times, there was tour cards available at Q School. Now there's yeah. not. You can only get to the Corn Ferry. Do you like the way that the system is now, or do you wish that there was some number of pga tour cards available right off the bat for guys at q school wish yeah well
2: first of all i wish for two reasons i wish that that i think that i think it's hard to tell a 46 year old guy who's played 15 years Mm -hmm. on tour or 20 years on tour Hey, you got to go back to the corn Ferry tour for a year. Uh, dude, I haven't lost my card in 15, 20 years. Um, and now you're going to tell me I don't have a chance to just get right back out there where I've played my entire life. I've had one bad year in 15 or 20. So that's reason number one. I understand it's a merit based game, but that's reason number one. Reason number two is now that I'm in television and you understand mm-hmm. this, dude, it is great drama. The best. It's I, There's the best. nothing like. Unless you're a part drama. of it. Unless it's, you're playing it's it, not, and then you want to stab your eyes in, out. Yeah. In, unless, unless you're <laughs> me, and you're coming down the stretch, and Jerry Foltz was following my group that day, when I dumped it in the water and made double, and um, he, I, I'll, you don't, you, you want to be? I'd rather be Jerry mm-hmm. than, than me at that day for sure. But, but it's great drama. It's fantastic drama. Look, the same year that I did that, Joe Daly had a had a putt bounce mm. out of That the was cup. that year? I played oh. with Joe. Joe did that the fifth round. He and I played together when I dumped it in the water in the sixth round. Mm.
1: Some bad juju. Bad juju, there. bro. Yeah, yeah.
2: it's it, it was it's it was really interesting. But yeah, I mean those are those are phenomenal stories. And I think that if you just did five cars.
1: Is that the number? Five,
2: you think? I think five. Yeah. I think five. Just
1: something. Just
2: I- something. Full you've got you've got. You've got f- however many starts you can get to get what you get, but five. You got five cards that you give to guys.
0: I totally agree. That,
2: and you put it on TV, and it would be epic.
0: Four, round, four rounds. You don't need incredible. six rounds. You don't need yeah, six rounds. No. I agree with everything you say. And I also, to add on to that, I think it's so cool And say, like, a kid that's a caddy at Whisper Rock can go from being a caddy at Whisper Rock to playing on the Kevin Streelman. Exactly. Yeah. Phenomenal. Like, I think it's so Great cool. Great story. And by the way, I've been in the same position as you. I double bogeyed the 108th hole. To think I missed by one, and I end up making it on the number because Mark Anderson and Roberto Castro finished ahead, but they already had their tour card. They were trying to improve their position. Oh my gosh! So I was told on eighteen, I souped it yeah. at PJ West, and I had no idea. I thought I was Easy comfortably to in, do. and I'm walking, <laughs> I'm walking up there to drop, and I, my caddy goes, "You have to make bogey," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" So we're finishing on the Nicholas course, which is the waters down. Yeah, the road. Sure. It was a Terrible tee shot. Yeah, the only fairway missed the whole year, yeah the whole week. Probably yeah. I had to With drop his whole life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to drop it like two eighty. OK, oh. so I had to lay it up there, up there in that neck. And I wedge it to like 10 feet and lip it out. And I thought my life was it's over. over. Yeah. So my friends are always like, oh, my- Monday is my favorite. Monday of Q School is my favorite thing to watch on TV. And I was like, you guys are sick. And then I was actually a part of it. And, oh, my God, it's the worst thing. It's, it, yeah, I can it's remember watching journey. that
1: unfold oh. with you. And I was like, had my phone rated. I was like, Ugh, pull back. Don't yeah. text. No congratulations. Yeah. Just, yeah. But, like, it was it's the best drama in terms of just pure drama in golf. Without because it's legitimately – there's not many things you can say this about. A life-changing moment yeah. right there in without, front of you.
2: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, I think we use the life-changing moment a little – we go overboard with right. it, I think it gets at said times. Right, for things
0: that don't. It has the chance to be a lifetime. It has a moment. chance,
2: exactly yeah. right. But Q school, if you get a card, if you go from, if you go from, let's say you go through the, through the stages of qualifying school. I, I don't know how they would work it to get to however many number of guys to get to five. That has to be thought out a little bit. But, um, you know, it, it back then it was truly you could go from being just a mini tour player. Yeah. To the next year you're playing in the same groups, potentially, if you make the cut on a Saturday with Tiger Woods Mm -hmm. and the year prior that same time you were playing in the Podunk Open. Mm -hmm.
1: I had multiple friends that did exactly that. And I think not even from a drama perspective for TV and how great it would be. There are guys also coming out of college that are ready to go right now, yep. and in every other sport they get to go straight to the league as yep. soon as they're you know age eligible. Yep. Why not? On the, why not in golf too?
2: Well, I I think to a certain extent that we're we're there to a certain extent. I think Drew with that because uh, you've seen Colin Morikawa do it. You saw Matt Wolf do it. You've seen uh, Victor Hovland do it. You've seen John Rahm do it in, in the last few years. So the sponsors exemptions that these guys get, the seven that they get to prove themselves doesn't. It's not a lot for sure. But if you're truly great, like those guys are, then you should be able to get it done to get yourself special temporary membership up to that point. Um, and I think that they're trying to separate the good, and there's lots of good PGA Tour players out there, from the great coming out of college. No, I, and, get, I get that know, totally. So, yeah. so I'm okay with that, but I would still would love to see five but there's spots. There's still
0: players that aren't going to get PGA Tour exemptions that finally do make it to the PGA tour and kill it their rookie year. Oh yeah. So, yeah I yeah. mean there's got that's why it's just always so cool if they could have that chance. Yeah. yeah because You, you, you gotta be a chance. big name player to get those sponsors. Yeah, there's, there's only no a doubt.
1: couple of them that they're giving to college kids every time. Well and
2: how many I mean how many how many guys are are taking, you know, because of the what's going on with COVID exactly. now are taking that are yeah. taking that year. Mm-hmm. I mean John Augenstein's a, a, a hell of a player. A phenomenal player. But I'm sure that John sees all these other phenomenal players and he's like, God, I'm not going to get, I'm hardly going to get any starts, man.
0: Yeah. It's tough. I mean, there's only so many spots available. There's only so many spots
2: available, you know, same with uh, all the other seniors that are coming Mm -hmm. back that, that have the opportunity now to come back and and they're doing it.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about more, more about your golf game. So I reached (laughs) out. To your colleague, Brandel Shamblin oh, this morning. Oh, First off, just the like Silver a simple Fox. little two-line text. And, of course, I get a book back oh. filled with stats oh, about Aaron Oberholzer. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I can't of wait off, to he hear He starts this. with, "Yeah, he was a far better player slash ball striker than anybody ever realized. So then he proceeds to give me some stats. <laughs> okay, and Let me support that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so finished 13th at the 2004 PGA while leading the field in greens and regulation. Okay. Finished fourth that in was gre- straights. Yeah. Finished fourth in Greens Regulation at the 2007 PGA and finished fourth in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that he has all this. By yeah, time. exactly. He's he is amazing. He's got yeah. yeah. It's um, finished fourteenth and sixteenth in the two thousand six Masters and US Open respectively, and you were like twelfth in Greens and Regulation. Yeah. And then finished ninth at the two thousand five US Open. He goes, it's this guy's had so much better of a career than people give him credit for. It's it's unbelievable. He 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 raves about your ball striking, and then he goes on to say this. <laughs>
3: I crappy, love this by cra- the way. Crappy bunker flower. No, no, this is about this is about you as an analyst now. Oh, when a boy.
0: tour event is on, he looks at the TV the way a radiologist looks at an x-ray. He goes, he's in a very intense viewer. <laughs> wow.
2: Because we share the same yeah. room and, and I am sitting there, I'm not kidding you, in at Golf Channel in our in our uh analyst room, they put these desks. I don't know why they did this, but they did they put these desks, this little desk like this. And then they've got these massive 50-inch screen TVs. Mm-hmm. You, you've been, I've been there, yeah. yeah? So two so two side by side, and I'm sitting there like this. You know, just jotting notes, but the TV's like right here. So and Brandel sits back in the chair, and Brandel's like, Brandel's like this.
0: <laughs> Arm, legs yeah. up on the desk, just yeah. oh, chill yeah. as can be. And
2: just and just chill as can be. And I'm sitting there and that's just that's his personality yeah. that's my personality i'm a little more hard really, strung i really there's liked no his doubt. analogy
1: though yeah yeah that's, of course brandon's gonna come with some yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like a radiologist yeah. looking at an x-ray there's no doubt
2: yeah. i mean i love i've loved working with him since day one um we had our we we had some i had to get used to it and 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 who he was and understand him more in the beginning it was it was tough at times um quite honestly working with him because he As as he is quite honestly, as far as golf analysts, there's, I mean, he's the tiger woods, quite honestly. I mean, you love him, you hate him. He's polarizing. Um, but you can't deny the work the man puts into the game. And he is, he has taught me a lot Mm -hmm. about how to do my job and do it well. And I've leaned on him sometimes about, Hey, how would you go about this? How would you go about this? And he's always been really cool with saying, Hey, why don't let's, Try looking at it this way. Try looking at it that way, and looking at it from different ways, and that's what makes him so good. Is that he will, he will, he he will cover ninety eight percent of his bases, and the two percent he misses, um, are probably the two percent that don't matter really. That's like ah, eh, that that really doesn't matter. But he's going to cover all his bases, and uh, I don't see quite honestly. Uh, another one like him coming along anytime soon for Golf Channel. So I hope Golf Channel runs him
0: ragged until he's worn we, out. We had to cut him off because he might have gone for four hours. Yeah, She's we were starting
1: to get into philosophy <laughs> and some deep shit. We, he was losing me and Cole, well, he was referencing like authors and stuff. And we're, yeah, Nicole, yeah. Like, you ever heard of this yeah. dude?
2: Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, uh, yeah, we, totally. But bu- what's yeah, a book? Totally yeah. agree, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you
1: this though because I thought this was a very interesting uh, perspective from Brandon. I asked him about like, is it hard to give honest critique of a player being that like you have relationships with some of these guys? And yeah. he's, he quoted, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he basically said like, I'm not trying to be friends with these guys because it makes it tougher for me to be honest yeah. in my analysis of them. Do you agree with that? Or do you find yourself like going out of your way to, to, not like develop close friendships, quote unquote, with the players? Cause you know, you have to be honest.
2: I, I luckily a lot of my, what are guys that I consider close friends on the PGA tour are on their way out or they're not playing as much anymore. So I don't, and they're not up at the top. So I don't have to, I don't have to critique them. But I think those guys, if they ever got there and they goofed up and I had to critique them, they would, un, they understand what I do because yeah. they are my close friends. They understand what I do. They understand what my job is and what I, what I have to do and what Brandall has to do. But um, uh, yeah, I think that that, that is hard um however i'm it, what makes it even harder i think for 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 me versus brandle in a way is that i'm kind of like the ho you get you know who you know well, well, i'm gonna make a, re- a 1980s baseball reference jose Aquindo okay. remember jose Aquindo no no, no not oh, at all oh my you god you guys 85 oh my god yeah i was, on oh <laughs> yeah, I was you guys one dog killing. when he was working so jose Aquindo played for the played for the uh saint louis cardinals and the dude played i, I want to say in one game he played all nine positions he even pitched so that's why i feel like to a certain extent i am for the golf channel i'm like a i'm like a i'm a utility guy mm-hmm. uh Air Oberholster, we need you to go here we need you to go here we need you to do live from here we need you to do uh a stand up here we need you to do live golf here we need you to do holes we need you to do on the ground and I think it's important to be able to do all that stuff. Whereas Brando, gets to focus on one thing and he can be great at that one thing. Whereas I'm kind of in a Frank role where Frank did everything. Frank was live golf. Frank was lead analyst. Frank was holes. Frank even did some stuff with CBS on the ground a couple of times. Rolled balls across
0: the green. Yeah, right, uh, than Frank, Al, I love that. God.
2: Frank, Frank, to, <laughs> Frank to me is the, is the greatest five tool player in television. He can do anything and he does them all extremely well. So that's kind of my role. Well, between all the roles, when you're doing live golf, you know, that's when I think you're the most exposed as as an analyst and you have to think on your feet the quickest you have to be ready with something the fastest and you can get yourself in trouble the most with a player by being too critical too quick without thinking about what's what's really going on in front of that that player at that time um i think that's what why some players didn't like the way johnny miller did it
3: Mm
2: -hmm. um because they thought he was too critical and You know, I remember even when I played, it's like, "Oh, Miller's never made a mistake." Obviously, he's never. He doesn't know what. You know, when of course Johnny knows, Um, but when you're in studio, now you're separated quite a bit from the players. That at that point, that's a different job. Now you've got to dive deep you've got to go way deep you have the opportunity and the time to really dive into a player's background statistically and build a story on that player and prove your point as to why a player is doing something well or not doing Mm -hmm. something well whereas you don't have that time so if you just kind of come off the top of your head with something kind of outrageous on live television and it gets back to the player that player is going to Probably have a word with your
0: life okay. you Pretty that good. That was my question. Have you yeah. ever had a player confront you about anything you've said?
2: Uh, not as of yet, that I that I can remember, or I'm either or I'm blocking it from my memory. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> I, I, but I don't, I don't, I don't ever recall someone coming up to me on the range as I'm walking the range, at an event that I'm doing live golf at, and saying, "Bro, what the hell are you talking about? Mm. I mean, you may you said this, and that has nothing to do with what I was doing." And I'm like, well. I I haven't had that happen yet. I'm sure it's bound to happen that you get questioned as an analyst and that's fine. Hey, if I make a mistake, I wanna know that mistake. But dude, if I come to you and I ask you as a player, what are you working on? And you don't give me an honest answer. It is my job to make my own assessment and my own best guesstimation based on my experience as a player. So in my humble opinion as a player, Just give me the information I'm asking you for unless it's like seriously state Mm -hmm. secrets. You know,
1: is that the hardest thing to do, though, in your profession is like toe that line between like, hey, I want to give the listeners something that's unique and authentic and honest. But also, like, I got to be very careful about the way I say things, because like you said, when it's live TV, hey, come up with something quick, bam, it can come off the wrong way. And guys are like, what the hell, Aaron? Yeah,
2: you just you really have to you really have to be careful with how you say it, what you say it. And I think that in this and and that's the hardest part, I think, to your point, Drew, that now I I think that, that people. Especially our avid fans at Golf Channel, they they are just hungry for so much information. They want as much. I think a lot of them want so much information that you want to provide it, but at the same time, you're like, God, I, I the 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 player asked me not to say this. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it if they ask me not to say it. Mm-hmm. If they say, Hey, AO, I'll give you this information off the record. It's not going on the record. Then it's that's it's that simple. You say off the record, it's off the record. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring it up. Um, and which I asked them, which I always ask them, like. I'll tell you what. I, I, now it, it comes to me. I'm there on the go. ground. I'm on the ground. I won't name the player. I won't name the coach. Well, that's I, no fun. I, well. No one we'll, listens to us. <laughs> Give it up. No, we'll,
1: we'll speculate and name yeah. off like six or seven names. One so one so right.
2: this player is, is struggling right now. <clears throat> and his, his, yeah, I know. It could be anybody. <laughs> okay uh and has been struggling for a few years and i'm at at dallas at um mm, the new iron. course trinity forest trinity forest yeah. thank you that, no trees on it no trees no yeah exactly some <laughs> right. forest and so the forest is around it mm-hmm. right um and uh, we're in a rain delay and this player's been struggling with a certain part of his game and i his coach is there and i go up to his coach during the rain delay as we're coming getting ready to come back out from the rain delay and i asked the coach i said uh, what have you guys been working on is everything copacetic and He goes, oh, we've been working on this and this and that and this. And I'm like, gold, Jerry, gold. And I'm just, that's what I'm thinking in my mind. Oh, I'm using this on the broadcast as soon as I'm following this group and da-da-da-da-da. And so just out of courtesy, which I think is always important to do as a broadcaster when coaches or players give you that kind of information, especially when it's one-on-one like that. Hey, can I use that in the broadcast? May I sit? No. Well, This is the stuff people want to know. Why can't I just no? You can't. You can't use that. And I was like, and to this day, I'm just like, I won't approach that coach on the on the range anymore. Ask him for anything because I know I'm gonna get. I know I'm just gonna get. Like and, and, I wonder who that could be, by the it's that player's
0: birthday today, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, well,
2: nobody
1: it,
0: could possibly know. Look up which PGA Tour ber- player's birthday is July 27th. <laughs> I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's him. But let's talk about 2006 was your best year on the PGA Tour. You absolutely killed it. You win at Pebble Beach, which I want to hear about. You shoot 60 at the Byron Nelson. Make the Tour Championship.
2: Missed a 15-footer for 59. Well, that was stupid. You should have <laughs> <You should've, laughs> hooped that. Because there's
0: no list that says players that shot <laughs> yeah. okay. That had a putt for 59. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But how cool was it for you to win, being a NorCal kid at Pebble Beach? First off, you won by five.
2: It was It was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I was on Twitter this morning, and um, we were talking. I was talking with a guy. A guy would say, hey, would you take longevity? Because my career was so mm-hmm. short with five and a half years on tour because of the injuries and or would you would you take 20 years on tour with no wins but you never lose your card or would you take the two one of the wins i have is unofficial would you take the two wins you have in the five and a half and a half five and a half years especially when you had pebble beach as one of the mm-hmm. wins And that's a, that's a hard decision yeah because pebble is such a special place and there's it's a it's not a long list of guys who have won at pebble beach um so i i'm I'm torn. I, I, because I, I value longevity in this game. I really look at guys like Charles Howe. Oh, and did. amazing, just amazing. Ninety-six top tens, unbelievable. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping television has like a, like a faux like a fireworks display on the TV when he gets his hundredth. which top will be 10. in like five more events.
0: Yeah, did Mark Al-Kavecki had chimed in? He- Kalk, like you said he has like 142. Yeah. Calc yeah. has 142 top 10. Yeah, but he's
2: played like 780. Still 800 though, that's pretty crowded. Oh, it's, well, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. give a shit. Well, no, exactly. Way, but it's yeah. unbelievable. And that, that just off topic, but that's another guy that I don't think it's as no. much I credit have for never how thought good calc. Calc was amazing. And when he was player.
1: good, when he was on, he was real oh. he was un, not unbeatable, but he was winning.
2: No one was
0: catching him because he was making 30 birdies a tournament. Yeah. You know, I mean yeah. he just out birdie you. So uh, but say your say your win wasn't at Pebble. Yeah. Would you take the longevity? Yes. Yeah. See that's Yeah, right. without a doubt. I mean that's gotta be special. When you had all your family and friends. Yeah, in that it was area. it
2: was really cool. Um it was very cool. And how and- about a walk up eighteen with a
0: Five is a
2: nice number to have on 18. Yeah. I remember that, that final round, it got tough. It was, um, it rained early in the week. Shocker at Pebble. (laughs) Um, it rained early in the week. The golf course is soft, but it, it, it stopped like after Monday or Tuesday and the golf course kind of progressively, you know, clay base there, it just drains off and the sun comes out and just bakes it. And it just progressively got firmer and firmer and firmer as the week went on, which that's in my favor, I believe, um, with the way I used to hit the ball. So, uh, as when when sunday rolled around man it was just like the greens i remember the low score that day was another bay area native todd fisher he shot oh, remember fish legend of course. Leg, legend oh soup we, his nickname's soup cuz he always ate soup so we called him soup um I like that. would always order the soup didn't matter <laughs> and so love you soup um and he shot 68 and the greens were like this yeah i mean you could you could play basketball on the greens at pebble that day i remember and i remember playing with mike weir who was one of my favorite human beings on earth and still is to play golf with in, in competitive rounds. One of the most incredible people, I think in humans, as as far as just a, a great gentlemanly competitor, Mm -hmm. just, he wants to beat your brains in, but he is the nicest guy that wants to do that. Uh, or at least back then on the PGA tour. And he was wonderful to play with. Um, and we, I mean, we had a nice time. I don't think he had as nice a time as I did, obviously, yeah, but he shot 78. Yeah, he, str- he struggled, and I know that's <laughs> he one, a nice time He had a nice time, I that. had a nice time. <laughs> you know. I had a nice time playing with Mike. I don't know that Mike wants to play with me at, anymore at Pebble Beach, but um, but it was it was it was a nice walk with him. Uh, that I felt very comfortable on the golf yeah. course that day, that final round. Um, knowing that uh, two years prior, I was in the final group with VJ when Vijay was basically the de facto number one player in the world, cause Tiger was working on his swing with Haney and uh, still hadn't kind of figured it out. And VJ was just on a tear. Um, and he, I remember my coach coming up to me and I played terrible cause I thought I had to be perfect that day and my coach comes up to me and he says, he goes, I ah, don't worry about it. I go, what are you talking about? I shot 76 and absolutely choked like a dog, you know with one of the greatest players in the world. I feel like an a-hole. And he goes, uh, he goes, dude, if you had 65 today, he would have had sixty four, and still would have beat you by a shot, even though you were about seven clear of the field. Yeah, it didn't. It wouldn't have mattered. That's how good VJ was. But that taught me a lot going into when I was facing Weir, because you know you're you're up against another major champion, mm-hmm. and those guys don't make a lot of mistakes usually. So um, so I learned a lot, and it was a, it was a it was a great round. I, I felt very in control until about thirteen or fourteen, where I think the wheels got a little wobbly. Um, but. Um, it was very special i'll always remember that walk up 18. yeah for sure
1: and when you were healthy you were playing good all the time you got in the top 25 of the official world golf rankings when you were healthy you were playing great but you you ran into like a stretch of injuries there is it more frustrating to like as a golfer to being healthy and not being able to play well or being I, i can play well as long as i'm healthy but i can't play because i'm hurt
2: oh um Boy, I'll tell you what, my wife could probably answer that question immediately because she's had to live with me through this. But uh, I would say that the most frustrating part for me is being healthy now. Um, Even though I'll never be able to play the way, I'll never be able to put the load on this hand that I once did and and to do the work to, to play, knowing that my brain still works really well my swing is as good as it's ever been. Um, even better than when I was winning and I was a top 25 player in the world, my golf swing's gotten actually better. Uh, I'm still hitting at the same distance thanks to technology, but I can't do it days in a row. I can't do it weeks in a row. That's super frustrating. When I go out to my home club and I know it's 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 country club golf and I go out and I shoot 66 and I bitch about leaving shots out there and, and I go... Uh, this is crazy. I don't care if the rough is four inches, I'm still going to shoot 66 because mm. I'm hitting it so well. So it, that's frustrating. Um, at the time, Drew, it was very frustrating to, um, to have to deal with all that stuff and knowing that at the time I was a, the 22nd ranked player in the world and I was playing with a broken hand and didn't know it was broken, yeah. which didn't help things because it got misdiagnosed a couple times, um, all the way through from when I broke it at the Byron Nelson in 2007 in early May and I – played all the way all the majors and uh after that and through the fedex cup playoffs with a broken hand not knowing it um and and uh yeah it just hurt i just took advil so it was a broken hand just pop a couple of advil (laughs) well some dirt on it it was about three or three or four around Uh, so it it was three or four every day i was i was i was Killing my kidneys and my good liver. Good for
1: your your intestines. We <laughs> kill yeah. our livers in different ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did they but, ever find it? Because it was your left hand that you battled yeah, for so long. It, was there ever something they said like this is what's causing it, or was it just like a bad luck in that your hand? No, was, it, was, like- it was a
2: blunt force trauma in- injury. I was in the I overcooked the drive on eighteen, second round. Byron Nelson down by the pond. I was in a weird stance. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I had a one sixty two to a back right hole location. I had to grip down to the steel because it was almost like a baseball swing. I grabbed a six iron, gripped down to the steel, opened it up, I saw a big clump of grass in front of the ball about yay high. And I said, but it was a clean look at the back. So I'm thinking, Sh- I'm just gonna blow right through that. And it stopped on impact full speed. And I felt this, like someone drove an ice pick right through my wrist. That was wrist. it,
1: that was like the shot, that like was the one oh, thing. And that, that's what like led it, to all the troubles.
0: Yep, yep, remember it like that.
2: it was yesterday.
0: Okay, well let me ask you this, cause I, I, I saw an interview from when you were still playing around two thousand five, two thousand six, you guys did your homework. Oh, dude, we we're professionals. You are professionals. Everyone is ball, so dude. surprised <laughs> know, when they come like, on holy here. Holy shit! They're like, you guys, did actually, your homework.
2: Yeah. And, well, I watched the podcast. And I'm like, how the hell do these guys know all this?
3: We is this dig is, deep. This is awesome? We have Just wait sources. till the end of the Just
0: show, sources. dude. Just yeah. Wait yeah, till yeah, the we haven't even end. Got to the good stuff <laughs> yeah, yet. We haven't even asked the This stuff's about you. Yeah. So I saw. I can't remember the the guy who was interviewing you, but he asked you about the Champions Tour. Yeah. And you kind of misunderstood him. You're like, no, there's no way. He was asking if you'd play on the champions tour when you turn 50 and you go, Mm -hmm. no, there's, there's, there's no way, but there will still be a champions tour, obviously. And knowing you're a big family, man, do you somewhat think maybe that hand injury was a blessing because now you get to stay home with your family a lot more and you're excelling at your analyst job, which is awesome. I appreciate appreciate that. Do you kind of think maybe that was a little bit of a blessing now that you don't have to travel around and play nonstop or do you still wish you were playing?
1: Oh, but brother that's deep that's deep bro I I might have stole
2: that from Brandall shambley okay. you, you know, you, <laughs> you, know you, you know what's funny is that I I Brandall and I have had this discussion mm-hmm. we had this discussion four or five years ago when we were working together in the analyst room because I asked him why he stopped and and he told me very honestly and uh, you know another reason why I love the guy um he's like I never saw myself playing golf the rest of my life. I always wanted to do other things and I was like, dude, that is really that's cool. I mean, I respect that. He, he's honest with himself. And I'm going to be honest with you guys and said I never saw myself doing anything with what I told him other than playing golf. Mm. I mean, that's it. That's what I loved. It's what I it's what I told my friends at, at when we used to gather at the lock at our lock at one locker of this one guy in high school when I was 15, I'm going to be a PGA tour player. I'm going to play on the PGA tour. I'm going to win the career grand slam. Mm. I would say that stuff out loud like an idiot. But it was something that I believed so deeply, and I loved the game so much, and I was so passionate, and I, was, I wanted to work so hard at it um, that everything that I did, everything that I sacrificed was to get to those, to those goals. So when it was taken away from me, it was, it was very difficult okay. to deal with for a long time. For a long time, for for years. Yeah, well, I want to let you
1: miss it right when you got out of it. Like, are you you slid right into your analyst job, and you're you're great at what I, you do? But like, was a part of you like, dude, I belong out there. My left hand just. Oh, hurts without too a
2: bad. doubt. Oh, I was pissed. Yeah. I, I'd see guys that I could, I know I could beat like a drum, mm-hmm. and they're winning golf tournaments. I'm yeah. going, and that's what that's gotta be a, tough. In all honesty, that's what kind of made me a little salty as an analyst when I first got when I first got the Golf Channel. May probably made me a better analyst, yeah. quite honestly, because. I valued, I felt like I was a fairly consistent player. I didn't do anything poorly statistically. Um, I had a good game for the major championships. Um, I kind of tailored my game around major championships. Excuse me. And when I see guys play 28 events a year and make eight cuts – and win three times mm-hmm. that pisses me off <laughs> yeah I mean just to be honest that pisses me the off
1: the most bro. envious of, in the same way when I see these guys miss a million cuts win yeah. get the two years take another year off win again I'm just like dude they're bad 90% of the time but they're gonna play for 20 you know, years out there
2: god bless them yeah. and you know what that's how they play and that's what I had to get over that's how they play that's what that's just who they are as players and and everybody's going to be different, and and I'm different, and I valued consistency, and that's how I built my game. I wanted, I didn't play a lot, but the times that I played, I wanted to give myself the best chance, and I lived and died with every swing that I made because I wanted to win every chance that I that I played, um, and that's kind of how, that's how I played the game. It wasn't like ah, oh, there's an there's another chance next week. I would say that, but it's like nah, no, this is this is it. This is this is my chance. I want to win this week.
1: Does that suck as an analyst when you're sitting there talking about a shot that a guy's playing? You're like, I, if my left hand didn't hurt, I would beat this guy's head in right now. <laughs> and you gotta, meanwhile, you gotta like break down his shot. I got one fifty from the intermediate cut here.
2: What I think, what 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 upsets me is when is when it, there's the obvious there's the obvious smart play when you're in a when you're in a situation and the guys just they don't make they don't make the right decision. You know, okay, well, what is the right decision? And then you got to ask yourself as an analyst, what is the right decision for this player? You know, sometimes, especially when I'm on the ground following a guy and I'll walk up to a lie and I'll be like, okay, I know the guy's speed. I know that he's strong, but this lie is just dumb. You're not getting it out of here. And yet I'm watching him going, and I'm sitting there going, I don't think he can get it out of this lie. I don't think, and boom, in the water or something like that. I'm like, dude. I mean, I can see that, and I haven't played in seven years. Why are you trying to hit that shot, bro? That's the kind of stuff that frustrates me with certain, with certain players when I know that certain player, whoever that certain player may be, a young player in their 20s or late 20s now that has a massive future in front of them potentially, but they just don't, they don't seem to make very good course management decisions. That's the kind of stuff that kind of drives me batty more than, more than anything else
1: all yeah, right
0: that's awesome stuff well now it's time to test you a little bit oh boy it's time for emergency nine yes. okay our, our, we do this with every guest mm-hmm. nine nine fun questions let's do it to learn a little bit more about you <clears throat> so sleaze would you like me to start it off sure you can fire go all ahead colty all right we do ask this to everyone this is recurring okay. one, yeah this first one Love movie me. about the life of Aaron oberholzer You can pick any actor, dead or alive. Who plays you? Oh, gosh. Um, And we each get to choose as well, by the way. Okay. And ours matters more.
2: (laughs) Yours are correct. Yeah, ours are right Um, because we're directing. Exactly. Uh, Matt Damon.
1: Oh, Oh, wow. He's a popular
0: pick. Every guy thinks he looks like Matt Damon. John Daly picked him,
1: which I'm failing (laughs) to see that. No. Someone else picked him, too. uh, Let's see. Matt Damon or... um, You got a better chance than John Daly of, of Damon playing
2: you. Josh Duhamel.
1: Oh, Josh Jumel. He's a handsome fellow. I played with him at Pebble You fancy yourself a handsome yeah. individual, obviously. Actually, the guy I picked is freaking handsome, <laughs> too. So, you got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, right yeah. yeah. I picked Paul Rudd. Right? Oh, I love him. Mind. I'd rather be funny than good looking. Yeah. There Paul you go. Rudd's good. Paul, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. That's who, that was mine.
2: That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Can he be salty? Sure. I mean, he
1: can, do he can be whatever you want, dude. He's an all time actor. Yeah. That's a good point. That's okay. a good point. Yeah, he can be whatever you my want. My kids,
2: obviously, Ant Man, they love him. He's They're great. He does everything. He's Correct. fantastic.
1: All right, second question. Here's a little research for you. Are you the only person to ever WD from heat exhaustion in the state of Rhode Island? <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, where did you this, find that?
1: Dude, I dig deep,
2: bro. This ain't... I told you this ain't... Someone area, told you that. This ain't, yeah, of course. 1995 yes. Northeastern amateur. Yes. Okay, what a place. So what here, a here, here is a pasty NorCal kid. <laughs> this is great. Going to northeast, Northeast, the Northeast, and basically... You know, uh, not expecting hot weather yeah. in the Northeast because it's my first time playing golf, pretty much playing golf there.
1: Norcal guy never gets over no, 62. No,
2: I mean, I'm, I grew up on, I grew up at, I grew up at, I worked at Crystal Springs. I don't know if you guys know that, uh, that golf course, but it's right off the 280. If you're going, if you're driving south on San Francisco, it like, it's, it never gets above 85 and it never gets below 55, but it's still, it's more towards 55 than it is 85. <laughs> And there's not a ton, of, not a ton of humidity, so I get to the I get to the north, and then obviously playing at Cal Club a lot. That's just basically you might as well be in Wisconsin it, it, when you're playing at Cal Club in the wintertime because um, it's so cold. So I get to I get to the Northeast Amateur, and I can't remember which round I withdrew, and it might have been the first round. But I I get out there and I'm practice rounds like God dog, dude, what is I mean? It is hot as hell i wasn't ready for it it was rhode my fir- island, bro. it was like it's, it it's rhode island it was That's my incredible. first it was my first trip so. to a major to a major like massive amateur, amateur event yeah. that i got invited to uh, as after my sophomore year in college and i i was completely blown away unprepared and Danny Glass
0: probably never invited you back
2: after that. <clears throat> uh, I luckily they did, thank God. Um, and I learned how to deal with heat. Uh, is, it's a, a place place
1: directly after a four putt if i'm not mistaken it was Four putt on yeah because yeah, i couldn't because like, i couldn't see yeah. <laughs> right. that came directly from your boy bryce molder a good friend of yours uh, so he, he made, he's like make well sure done. you ask him about the northeast uh, amateur only guy to ever withdrawn in the well, state of I, we might have played together <laughs> actually that rhode night. island heat exhaustion oh, that's that great all right that's all good. right
0: number three you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, a couple shots of Tiger's from college stick out yeah. in your mind. Give me the best shot you ever saw a Tiger hit.
2: Uh, can I do two? Sure. Okay. Sure, so, sure uh, sure. so that so that same year, 1996, uh, uh, Tiger's coming off a three putt at on the back nine. I can't remember exactly at at North Ranch Golf Club, the first par five on the back nine, kind of goes up and over the hill. If I remember correctly, there's a massive oak tree down like 150 yards, 100, 150 yards from the creek, and then there's like a canyon. I mean, out of bounds. Death, gone. You're not finding your golf ball. And so he was last to hit. So me and Mike Miller from UCLA, we hit, stripe it down the middle. And Tiger gets up there. And I remember looking at Mike. And we're looking at him. And I go, dude, where the hell is he going? And he's got his feet. If this is the fairway, he's got his feet over here 30, 40 yards into the canyon. And I'm like, oh, this thing, like a rocket cuts 30, 40 yards back into the fairway and flies our balls by 20 yards. He hits seven iron in makes two putt birdie, mm. just like that, coming off of a three putt the hole before. And I was like, oh shit. We and this was done that. So you know how guys hit flat cuts today? Yeah. He hit flat cuts with a 43 and a half inch steel shafted driver. And a balata Yeah. I mean and I mean he did with a gol- with a balata golf ball back then that all the, the powerful dudes now can do with the with the th- solid core ball. It was, it was a different ball game. The next shot was how about this For first round at, at Olympic club <clears throat> when we were playing together again, he's not playing well. He doesn't have a swing in order. Uh, we get to seven, the short uphill mm-hmm. dog leg, right par four, all of us lay up off the tee with two irons when we, when guys played two irons and Tiger's, Sit there with driver waiting for the green to clear. We're like, Yeah, right. Come on, two hundred and eighty eight yards uphill into a slight breeze. Fifty five degrees outside in the morning. He goes, one hands it, next it, pin high i'm different. just That's different. Uh, i'm just like dude this this dude i want to know the planet this guy came from
1: i love the tiger story because everyone like tells the best shot and there's we haven't heard one overlap yet now it's just basically entire oh it's, it's
2: ridiculous and, and then i i didn't i only played with him once as a professional if you can believe that we played together in, in the mat we played against each other in the match play down in tucson mm-hmm. the world match play and um, um, he toyed around me with me for I think th-
0: you made it longer than a lot of people thought, I, I think.
2: I think six, yeah, <laughs> probably three six and two. Yeah, three and two, yeah, <laughs> I think I made it to 16 and or seven better
1: than Stephen
0: Ames. <laughs> yeah, <by laughs> a long way. Yeah. yeah. Oh you shake
1: his hand, and say sorry about pasta. You'll never have pasta tempo bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think he's missing that. <laughs> All right, next
1: question, a little less serious of a golf question. Have you ever sustained a serious injury while during an ugly sweater Christmas tennis party?
2: F U molder. Mm-hmm. That's This one's that's not from Bryce,
1: Bryce. But, Bryce. Bryce This myrtle. one's not from Bryce. It's from a different one. I'll tell you. Parker. Yes, yeah. there you go. My man, Your Parker. boy Parker McLaughlin. He uh, said, uh, ask him about this. I love both those guys. Yeah. Um
2: so, a little calf injury. Uh yeah. That'll so happen. so background on that. Uh I did a fifty some odd mile bike ride that morning. That's and a I, lot. And I pushed it pretty hard. Well, that cycling's Seems. my cycling's kind of my thing now. Um, that's what I compete in hard and kind of go at hard since I can't do it in golf. So that's where my that's where my energy goes to get better and to to try to be that type A personality that I was on the golf course. So I did a fifty mile bike ride that morning. Well, not being well versed in what I should do with my as well versed as I should have been at the time, but what I should do with my body to break to kind of you know relax recover and recover re- very quickly knowing that I was going to have to go out and consume fairly decent amounts of alcohol and play tennis that night. I did not do those things. Mm. And I went out there and I consumed Rookie. a little, yeah, I consumed a, I had some uncle Tito, uh, treated me well, a little too well. And I ended up, uh, popping my calf. That's a little night. six weeks, six weeks. And I was sweating it because first event back, that was Christmas. And I'm sit sitting there going, going to my PT. Dude, I gotta walk Tory Pines for my job. Yeah. Am I gonna be ready? He's like, how when is that? Five weeks. He's like, mm, it's gonna be close. Thank God. He, uh, I, three days a week, I was busting my button just so I could do my job and not have to call my boss and go, I can't walk Tory.
1: Drunken
0: tennis. It ain't, it ain't <laughs> for everybody, bro. Drunken tennis is not for everybody. All right, you one know. more serious golf one. Number five. Ten years from now, who has more wins from this date right now? Who wins more? Rom, Rory, Justin Thomas. God
2: dog um
0: They're all listening. Oh, I tell
2: you what, recency bias is is a tough thing because Rom's obviously won the most recently. um JT, what JT's got thirteen. Rom's got Rory's up there eighteen. Uh, don't
0: don't count the past ones
2: from right now. Say they're oh, all from, zero. Oh, from right now they're at all zero. starting oh, they're at all zero. Starting at yeah. zero. Uh, well, in that case, I think you got to give it to the youngest dude uh, and, the, and world number one right now. I think that that's – They're
0: mean, all that, successful. I mean, they're all – Yeah, The finances. I think
2: my, my money's on my, my money's on John. That's uh, a hard – From right now to have the most wins. Yeah.
1: Hard guy to argue against. Yeah. All right, this one I'm very interested in. This is not serious golf in any way, shape, <laughs> or form. All right, I'm a golf club buyer. I walk into a store. I want to buy a new wedge. I need you to sell me on the XE1 wedge in 20 seconds or less. Go. Do you hit it fat? All the time.
2: Do you hit it thin? all the time well they're cousins if you can take away one you'll take away both of them xe one mm. does that
3: here's
1: my routing number sell it to me for whatever you <laughs> <laughs> want well dude i'll pay you a million so i hit it
0: fat and thin yep sure do kind of staying on the right, same topic perfect. here several years ago it was well-known tiger woods borderline had the chipping yips did he ever reach out to you and ask if you could hook him up with an xe one wedge <laughs> That is, that is a. He's the perfect mass, candidate. Massive. Because I know he he's too cheap to go buy one. Massive, <laughs> that's a
2: massive negative. That's a massive negative. But that would have been epic, and I guarantee you he would have signed, had me sign an NDA. <laughs> he would have been the, the perfect candidate. Yeah. You yeah. get an XC one in Tiger's uh, hands. But you know what? This funny thing is that at Phoenix that year, when he had all yeah. those issues, um, I didn't believe the fa- I I didn't believe that it was a release. He was yeah. messing with his release pattern. I thought that was Tiger speak. Just trying to trying to throw a smoke screen on us. I'm just sitting there going, dude's got the yips. Yeah. And I actually said it on air and I was wrong. It was a release pattern issue. Interesting. I, think I, still, I, gotta, think was, I still think it was a smoke screen. He's he's not one would have a, a little, him little him
1: bit talented. Sure. I think he can yeah. figure out the release pattern of All his. All right, way. number eight. All right, number eight, this is a good one. Who has more money right now, Jeff Bezos or your physical therapist? <laughs>
2: That's a coin flip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good one.
2: Yeah. that's a coin flip. I, I, I'm telling you what. If there's a physical therapist in the valley that that is that is you know a good one that's that's seen multiple professional golfers that doesn't know me, I want to know the guy's name. Yeah. Because they all know me. They're uh,
1: lining. They're sending Christmas cards over to the residents. I'm
2: telling you what. I, I have, uh, I have. In 134 events or something, I think I played on tour before I had to stop. Uh, I, I think I have 13. Do- I'm pretty sure I have 13 WDs. That's not a good percentage. Mm-mm. I was hurt a lot. I, I, I was hurt a lot. And in fact, one of the guys from Titleist, when I was with uh, Titleist um, uh, for most of my career, used to they nicknamed me Hangnail. Because they thought I would, I wouldn't play if I had a hangnail. <laughs> You're little, tough. little, little do they him. know I played with a broken hand yeah, for half a year. Yeah, you, you had yeah. a broken yeah. hand. Jason
1: Day might be chasing you down here pretty soon. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel my hey, my heart goes out to J Day, man. I know what that's like.
0: All right, last one. Think about this, okay? Who takes longer to do their hair and makeup, your wife Angie or Brandel Chambly?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brandel, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brandel, that is awesome. Uh, my wife, uh, hey, my wife, she's. Played on the LPGA tour. She knows how to get ready quick. There's no Brandle doubt. Brandle does not. No, Brand Brandle well, Brand
1: it's a doesn't. production.
2: He has to have that. He's got he's gotta have the quaff just mm-hmm. right, man. You know, it's it nut. looks
1: like he wakes up like that, but there's a whole
2: chemistry.
0: The hell, the that. damn
2: the damn thing has its own Twitter handle, so you know it's serious.
0: It's a good point. Yeah,
1: it looks nice. It's working, whatever yeah, he's doing. Yeah, for sure. We're all
2: envious of it. That's right.
0: Well, A.O., it's been an absolute blast, man. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It was Thank a lot you. of fun. That's Appreciate great. it. Absolutely. And that was Aaron Oberholzer joining us on Golf Subpar. Sleaze, I love talking to him about the Tiger Woods stories. Like, there's, it's hard to get someone to really open up about a relationship with Tiger. And here's a guy who's known Tiger for a very long time, was very, like, obviously competed a ton against him, played with him a ton. And to know that he's kind of always had that, that stare, that intimidation factor since such a young age.
1: Yeah, I feel like any guy that we get on the PJ Tour, just in golf, we ask Tiger stories about. But they're so hard to come by because Tiger's a closed book most of the time. Here was a guy that knew Tiger before he became the big name that he is today, obviously. And I thought it was very interesting getting into, like, you know, Aaron was always comparing himself to Tiger. That was the standard, obviously. But he felt like he could compete with Tiger. And then Tiger goes and does what he did at the 97 Masters while Aaron's still playing in college. And all of a sudden, he was like, dude, I can't do that. For the longest time, I thought maybe I could do what he's doing. I can compete a little bit. Then he goes and does that, and it like, totally changed his perspective on playing, which that's the power of what Tiger Woods does to people yeah, mentally. Just You reevaluate like, holy shit, this guy's a different type of
0: guy. Yeah, here's two guys battling it out for college player of the year, and they're both destined for superstardom, and then this guy goes off and just does non-human things, winning yeah. the Masters by 12, and you're sitting there in college watching, and all of a sudden it affects with you when he's not even there anymore. Yeah. A year ago, you were one and two in the country battling
1: until regionals and nationals and all that stuff. You guys were neck and neck for player of the year. Then he obviously wins both and he he goes on to win. But you were competing with him for a good part of the year. And then all of a sudden, uh, hello world, master's champion, all that. And then the the floodgates open. But uh, speaking
0: of Tiger, I, I cannot believe he did not reach out for an XC1 wedge. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked
1: when you are the face of a wedge of that caliber and you see a guy struggling, especially your boy struggling with some chipping, slide one of those in the bag quick. It's unchunkable. (laughs) I mean, dude, (laughs) unchunkable, (laughs) unknifeable. It's the best club to ever be created. I I don't know what he was doing. I also love the fact that he withdrew from heat exhaustion in Rhode Island. That's but that humidity next will get level. You up there in the northeast. Yeah, yeah dude, that uh, Martha's Vineyard, it's tough to handle that.
0: And now he lives in Scottsdale.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's all come full uh, circle. But he's a great conversation. Knows a lot about the game. It's amazing how much these guys that work on TV two can like remember and like
0: stats and all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. It's wild. Just rattle it off. He knows a lot about the game of golf and is, and, and is a great broadcaster. I, I love listening to him, but can't thank him enough for sitting down with us. But now it is time. <sighs> you know what? You know, they say never leave Vegas on a heater. Never leave golf subpar studio on a heater because I'm on one right now, Sleece. This thing, just, okay, just (laughs)
1: start it. Just see what happens. It it was looking good for a while, and then it all took a shit on Sunday. I delivered
0: the winner. Producer Mark, let's go. Read off those beautiful numbers. All right. Colt did it. Brought you Colin Morikawa for the win, which that prize was in damn near $2 million. Mm -hmm. Bringing
2: the lead now to two point three million
1: dollars Bro, R- R- colin you talented bastard you <laughs> son of a bitch
3: just one week you i've been talented. rooting for
1: you all week and this weekend i was like wouldn't be the worst if you just slid into like eighth you know maybe lose by a shot and then webb simpson was actually right there yep. in the fray going into sunday moved backwards a bunch and xander i still was loving where xander was dude especially on the front nine on sunday he made a move quick part of the easiest holes uh, they, all the guys were birdieing and I was like, well, I've never seen you. So defensive." this is good. No, this ass. ain't defensive. This is just, I just Sunday. I could feel the tides turning.
0: I was like, Colin's going to win this thing. and I'm going to be down a grizz. All right. And I am. You are, but you know what? We got four events left. We got the Wyndham championship and three FedEx cup playoff events, which are big purses. So this thing is far from over. I'm staying focused. Remember the Alamo. Yes. Yep, that's Texas.
1: my mantra. I'm Texas. going with all new lineup this week. All
0: right, yeah, you threw
1: away all your Throw guys. away all my trash oh players. My I'm getting. I'm gonna tell ones. them all you did this. Okay, they're good. They need. All to right, know.
0: we are at the Wyndham Championship this week. Another very good field, by the way, and the last regular season event before the FedEx Cup playoff starts. Guys have to get inside the top 125. So a big week for a lot of guys out there. And since I do have the honor, I think this is no surprise. I can't even believe you wrote this guy's name yeah, down because you know I was going to take him. This guy dominates around Sedgefield. Finished second last year. Got his first tour win here. First tour win of his career in 2011 here. You got to go low. Webb Simpson goes low. Webb Simpson's 11 to 1. He's my favorite this week.
1: Yeah, I started writing his name down, and then I jotted a few stats. I was like, what am I doing? There's 0% chance Colt doesn't take this guy, so I just stopped. That's obviously the pick to go with. I'm going to go with another guy that's got a pretty good track record around here. He's got a win. Uh, he was coming off a good week last week, 13th at the PGA. Friendlier driving course this week, so he doesn't have to hit it perfect, but I love how he putts uh, the ball in general, especially down here in the South. I'm going with Patrick Reed. I think the first time I've ever uh, rostered Mr. Reed. So, top mm. shelf for the sleaze, Patrick Reed. Beat the Golden Child for his it's gonna first It's going to be hard for me to, if I'm tournament. being honest, it's going to be hard for me to root for him too hard, but if there was ever a week, this is the one. I got to go full blitz. So, Patrick Reed, that's my top tier. Okay. All right, we'll take it down to this 26 to. Excuse me, yeah, 26 to 50 to 1 odds. I'm going to go with a man that's – I thought this was disrespectful. He's going off at 33 to 1. He's a two-time winner on the PGA Tour this year. 15th at the – um. excuse me, 17th at the PGA last week. One of the shortest hitters on tour, which I thought it made him even more impressive that he was able to play well
0: last week, Brendan Todd, man, 33 to 1. Tough to – I mean, he's I been mean, hot. It helped to put the ball in the fairway last week. It'll help to put the ball in the fairway this week at Sedgefield. I mean, I like that pick. I wasn't surprised to see him play well last week. I thought it was just impressive. Like, he seems to be playing
1: well all the time, but that golf course being a big boy yard, I thought it was really I impressive. I respect what he the did. pick.
0: Okay. All right, for my second pick, going with a guy that's 45 to 1, finished fifth at the Wyndham Championship last year, shot four rounds in the 60s last week at the PGA, finished tied for 13th, one of my favorite dudes on the PGA Tour. You know who I'm going with? I think I got a feeling. Siwoo shaking that ass. Shaking, shaking that, that ass. ass Siwoo Kim. Let's
1: go. I love it. The guy can get super hot. He can get super cold, but it looks like he's pretty hot right he, now.
0: Yeah, you're hundred percent correct about that. He goes up and down. I mean, it's either sixty five or eighty five, it seems like you,
1: you could just uh, you go to two spots on the leaderboard, the first page or the bottom page. Mm-hmm. That's where you're gonna find
0: Siwoo. Top page this week. Top page this week. Coming off a nice little week this past All week. Right. All right. I'll keep it rolling third with my third choice. Going with Carolina boy, went to the University of Clemson, Mm. all right, really can strike his golf ball, had a very impressive last three days last week, opened with three over par, ended up finishing at three under for the tournament, T29 at the PGA, he makes me nervous around the greens a little bit, but this is a little bit of a flyer, 66-1, to Doc Redman,
1: Yes, he was on the list. I like that. I like these guys going back home Mm -hmm. to the grass they're familiar with and places they played well. So that was a good pick. I actually had him on the list. I'm going to go with another Clemson guy going off at 66-1. to Very similar in the fact that T to green, 0.0% concerns for this guy. Around the greens, you kind of don't know what you're going to get, although it's been better, but that is Mr. Lucas Glover Mm -hmm. going off at 66-1. to So, yeah, similar theme. I like guys going back back home this week. Good. So that was my first one. Or that was your, Did you leave that one off? Yeah, my go turn? ahead. Whatever you want to do. All right. Yeah, I'm stuck here. I was. I, I thought I was going to be picking second. I was going to go with whoever you didn't go with. I got the defending champ written down here. I'm going to pull an audible right now. Another guy going back home. Also 66 to 1. A guy who will most definitely be a future guest on this show. One of our favorite guys on the PJ Tour, Mr. Harold Varner. Oh, 29th I like last it. week. Last three rounds were par or better. So good form. Going back home. East Carolina grad. Would love to see him peeling off, especially down in his neck of
0: the woods. Harold Varner. I mean, yeah. How do you not root for Harold Varner? Every, if you don't root for Harold, yeah. there's something wrong with you. Well, I just realized we got a lot of Clemson Tigers this week, so lots rooting for Dabu, Dabu Sweeney's boy, Dabu, like, Dabu. I like that. I like Dabu. I like Dabu. <laughs> okay, Dabu Sweeney. All right, this guy's going off at eighty to one. Last two events, he, he's been struggling this year. T thirty two, T twelve. He's hundred thirtieth in the FedEx, so he needs a big week. This guy plays very well when his back's against the wall. Kyle Stanley is yep. my number four pick. Look for him to do big things this week. I like that. A little bit of a flyer in the,
1: but his good golf, he could go win. And he also not played great.
0: I, love, I can't believe we have three Clemson
1: Tigers on here. I got a lot. I got a big home field advantage yeah. theme on my on my squad.
0: All right. Well, good luck, everyone. That's it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's golf subpar.